This is Tailgate Till May, part of the Believe Podcast Network. If you love college sports and you like to put a little action on the games, then this is the place for you because I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I love both of those things too. Today, we are going to continue with our College Hoops preview series. We're going to head to the Big East and preview that conference and what a conference it is. But before we do that, just a reminder, you can find me on social media, uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at the same handle, at Gorgon Sports. Hit me up there because I'd love to hear from you. I want you to be a part of the show. I want to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. I want to hear about your big wins, your bad beats, and I want to know what I got right. And of course, what you think I got wrong. So hit me up there and uh, become a part of the show. I really want to continue to make this show more of a community in the college sports gambling space. And along those lines, if you know somebody that loves college sports, if you know somebody that likes to gamble, if you know somebody you think might like this podcast, share it with them. Uh, Everybody you share it with helps a lot. So that's uh, kind of the housekeeping for the week. Let's dive right into it. The Big East basketball preview. Man, I love the Big East. Such a fun league. And it's such a fun league because everybody in this league cares about basketball. Great home court environments, a lot like the Big Ten I talked about last week. Yes, the Big Ten is a football conference. I don't think anybody would argue it's a football conference first and foremost, but there's a lot of passion in the Big Ten. But the Big East is a little bit different because it is a basketball-only league where basketball is the number one priority at Villanova, at Marquette, at Creighton, at UConn, at Georgetown, at Providence, at all of these schools, basketball is number one. And I think that's what kind of makes college sports special is the passion that goes into it. And at any place, you know, there's going to be one sport that has more passion That really captivates the fan base more than anything else. And in the Big East, it's basketball. And it's a huge part of why I love this league. So let's get into our one-in-one. These are two questions to understanding the league as we head into the season. And my first question in this one-in-one as I head the line for my first free throw is how quickly can some of the big name new hires in this league change the complexion of those teams and really the complexion of the league? Because I was looking at this and obviously the big name is that Rick Patino. The big news is that Rick Patino is returning to the Big East as St. John's head coach. That's the headliner right there. But as you look at it a little bit further, you start to see that there are a lot of new head coaches in this league. Only Greg McDermott, who's entering his 14th year at Creighton, Dan Hurley, who's entering his sixth year at UConn, and Shaka Smart, who's entering his third year at Marquette, have been with their current school for more than one basketball season. So you have Ed Cooley, who goes from Providence to Georgetown. He's entering his first year there. Of course, Patino goes to St. John's. He's going into his first year. And Kim English, who goes from George Mason to Providence, entering his first year. And then you have a bunch of second-year coaches as well. Shaheen Holloway going into his second year at Seton Hall. Uh, Thad Mata at Butler. Sean Miller at Xavier, who had an unbelievable year one there. And then Kyle Neptune at Villanova. So you have seven coaches, seven out of the 10 or seven out of the uh, 11 teams in the league 
rather. And man, I completely just skipped over DePaul there. Poor DePaul. They always get the short end of the stick here. But uh, at DePaul, Tony Stubblefield, I believe, is going into year three. Yeah, he's going into year three. So he joins that group along with Hurley, Shaka, and McDermott as far as coaches that have actually coached more than one basketball season at their current school. But the point being, you have this big group of schools, seven out of the 11 schools that either enter this year with a first or second year head coach. And when you have turnover like that, when you have change like that, that can lead a lot to a lot of change and uncertainty for those schools and for the conference as a whole. And last year, the Big East was a really good league. The Big East, of course, had the national champion in UConn. They got five of 11 teams into the NCAA tournament. Three of them were protected seeds, and then you had Creighton also going to an Elite Eight. It was a really good league. But that bottom half, it didn't quite have the number of tournament teams, and it is granted a smaller league than, say, the SEC or the Big Ten, but it didn't quite have the numbers in terms of tournament teams. Five tournament teams, almost half the league. It's good, but you know, can Villanova get back to the tournament and maybe even do a little more? Can St. John's make a huge jump under Rick Pitino, can Thad Mata, who I think is one of the best coaches out there and was a fantastic coach at Ohio State, can he get Butler back to where they were kind of in that Brad Stevens, Chris Holtman era? That's what's on the table for this league. And then there's a lot of excitement too, of course, with Ed Cooley. He he did a, a really nice job at Providence of building a consistent NCAA tournament program there. They never reached the highest of highs. They were never a Final Four team. Uh, they only had a protected seed once in, in his time there. That was a number four seed in the 2022 NCAA tournament where they went to the Sweet 16. But he built a very, very consistent program there and, and gave them a lot more consistency than they had the previous, let's call it, 10 years before he arrived there where they only made the NCAA tournament one time. So can Ed Cooley go to what I think is an objectively better program, certainly a more fertile recruiting ground in the DMV. Can he go to Georgetown, a school with more history, but that hasn't been good in a very long time. A lot of that history is almost ancient history at this point, certainly ancient history to anybody who is potentially playing college basketball right now or in high school about to be playing college basketball. I mean, that that's all ancient history. Everything John Thompson Jr. did, that, that might as well be 100 years ago to the guys who are, getting, who are getting recruited right now, but it is still a great recruiting area to be in. So can Ed Cooley, can he go to Georgetown, and can he elevate them another level? I mean, it would be hard not to elevate them above the level that Patrick Ewing had them at, where he went 0-19 in a Big East season, 
where he went 2-18 and in conference last year. I mean, just some really, really bad teams under Patrick Ewing, especially the past two seasons. So it would be hard not to elevate it above that level. But can he get it back to being a, a very consistent NCAA tournament team? Those are some of the exciting things that, that are going on in the league right now. Those are some of the exciting questions that can be asked. And, you know, as far as the answers, I'm going to be honest with you and tell you, I don't necessarily know right now. You see some of these top 25s that have come out with St. John's in the top 25, not the AP top 25, but some of the way too early top 25 type stuff. I remember Jeff Goodman, as soon as the hire was made, he said, I'm just blindly putting Rick, uh, Rick Pitino and St. John's in the top 25 because that's how much trust I have in him. And, you know, honestly, it's not a bad stance. He is one of the the best coaches in the history of college basketball. And, you know, you can have your opinions about him personally. Um, many people do, but he is a fantastic proven winner in college basketball. And this St. John's team is going to have a ton of turnover. A million guys are, are gone off this team and they bring in a ton of new guys. They bring in some talent, uh, but they do return Joel Soriano, the big man who was really good for them a season ago, averaging 15 and almost 12 last season, a big piece that they return. They bring in some talented guards in the transfer market with a uh, Jordan Dingle and uh transfer Jenkins from Iona who played under Rick Pitino. So they bring in a lot and it's really hard to know what this team is going to be right away. Uh, I'd be lying if I, if I, anything that I said here, I'd be guessing on, but we're going to find out fairly quickly. They have Michigan early in the year. They have West Virginia early in the year. Uh, what, one of the things I do really like about the modern era of college basketball is it seems like we are getting bigger and better games once again earlier in the season. There's not as many, and part of that is because as conferences grow, we're getting more conference games, 18, 20 game conference schedules. I love how the Big East is one of the few school, few conferences, uh, at least among it, it, it is the only one among the power six conferences, the high and major conferences that still play a round robin, a full home and away round robin uh, schedule. It's amazing. You actually get to crown a true regular season champion that way. But my point being, we're going to find out, you know, early in the season, about St. John's and I think we'll be able to tell pretty quickly how good this team is there might be some value there uh betting on them early in the season if they can gel although I'm surprised by you know Ken Palm for years and years and Ken Palm if you're not familiar it's a college basketball advanced analytics site it's kind of the gold standard it uh measures offensive and defensive efficiency of teams and really is if, if the odds makers are not using Ken Palm and his projected lines, they are, they have their own system that is very, very similar. A line will typically be, I would say within one, if not exactly what Ken Palm projects the, the spread to be, it'll be about between uh, a point or two within what Ken Palm projects. So a big part of college basketball gambling is really figuring out where is Ken Palm off. And I think Ken Palm for a long time had some trouble with teams that were really relying heavily on one and duns, uh, relying heavily on transfers. So I'm surprised to actually see St. John's a team that was 82nd 
last year in Ken Palm. That's how they finished the season. 82nd is up to 60 this year. Okay, so it's not a huge jump, but a little bit of a jump there. So we'll see. We'll see if there's any value on St. John's early in the season. And I think we'll see how quickly Rick Pitino gets that thing rolling and what that means for St. John's, what that means for the league. I'll tell you this much. I'm excited to watch a game in Madison Square Garden that's big time. I have some really fond memories growing up of watching Ron Artest at St. John's. I have a really bad memory involving Ron Artest at St. John's where he he knocked my Terps out of the NCAA tournament in the Sweet 16. One of my favorite Maryland teams ever that had Steve Francis on it. I think that was the 99 team. Ron Artest in St. John's knocked Maryland out. But I remember they often played Duke. They played a home-and-home with Duke where they'd play at the Garden. And, of course, Duke loved that because Duke has a huge fan base in the New York, New Jersey area. But they would play in the Garden. they play at Cameron. I remember those were really good games, games you would look forward to in the early 2000s, late 90s. And I think it's exciting. I'm not one of these people that's like, I'm going to go on and on and on about the Mecca and the garden and things are better when St. John's are bet is better and things like that. But I do think it is cool. And I do enjoy when there are fan bases that, that are basketball programs with passionate fan bases that have been down for a while and they get this shot in the arm. They get this renewed energy. And I think it's a real possibility here with St. John's. I think it's a real possibility here with Georgetown that we see a little bit of that, if not this year, then in the, the next few years to come. Same thing with Butler and Thad Mata. Obviously, Butler had built up this great program under Brad Stevens, going to those back-to-back Final Fours, um, and had really reached some unparalleled heights there, You know, finishing second in the NCAA tournament two years in a row, coming very close to winning that national championship game in 2010 against Duke. That, that shot that will just rimmed out, that half-court shot that will kind of live on forever as a, a big what-if in the heads of Butler fans and really college basketball fans everywhere. But that's a a basketball-crazed state, a basketball-crazed area, and Thad Mata is a great coach. Can he recapture some of that juice? So I think that's one of the fun things I'm going to be watching in the Big East this year is how quickly can those coaches turn things around, elevate those programs, because I think in turn, that will elevate the Big East. And I think as good as the Big East was at the top last year, obviously UConn goes out and wins a national championship, but UConn was a four seed in the NCAA tournament last year. Now, does a 31-8 and UConn team maybe get a bump on a seed line or two if Georgetown, St. John's, and Butler are all also NCAA tournament teams, along with, say, Villanova? If you have seven teams in the top Ken Palm, top 30, top 35, I mean, that's just going to help everybody at the top and the bottom, oh, well, at the very bottom, it's not going to help you because you're just going to be getting drilled night in and night out, but it's going to help those teams at the top with seeding. I think it just raises the level for everybody. Look at the SEC. Look what they've been doing the past couple of years, really elevating their level with some of these coaching hires. So really excited for those programs and really excited to see how that turns out, uh, how quickly those programs are elevated and, and how that helps the Big East moving forward. My second question and the one and one as I head to the line for the back end here. UConn, of course, won the national championship a season ago. So can they 
or someone else in this conference bring a second straight national championship home to the Big East? Because there's some really good teams at the top of this conference. And I think the obvious three that you look at, if you look at the AP poll that was released last week, if you look at the earlier this week, if you look at Ken Palm, if you look at Bart Torvik, if you look at any of these analytics sites that I like to peruse, UConn, Marquette, and Creighton are that kind of that clear top three right there. Marquette number five in the AP poll, UConn number six, uh, Creighton number eight in Ken Palm. It's a little bit different. UConn's number four, Marquette's number 11, and Creighton's number 12. Any way you slice it, though, these all, all three of these teams look like top 15-ish teams or so. So can one of these teams win a national title? I'm going to talk about that. And that's actually going to kind of bring me into my best bet because my best bet in the Big East right now, and it's a bet I put in a month ago. I think it was September 20th. It was my first college basketball future. I put in on the year and I grabbed Marquette at plus 475 to go out and win the Big East. Now I was looking at it earlier today. It's not quite plus 475. I had put it in my, my spreadsheet. So make sure you, you know, bookmark that spreadsheet. That's the first place I'll put all my bets is I'll put it in my tailgate till May gambling dashboard. But, you know, of course, I talk about them more in depth here. I put the bets out on Twitter as well. So make sure you're following me there too, or X, I should say. But it's still available plus 400 at BetMGM. On FanDuel, you got Marquette plus 240, Creighton plus 240, UConn plus 330. But on BetMGM, you can get Marquette at plus 400, 4 to 1 odds, Creighton the favorite at plus 230, and then UConn in second at plus 280. So that is my best bet in the Big East right now is Marquette to go out and win it. Because I think Marquette, the defending Big East champions, I think they have a real chance to go and certainly go and win the Big East, but I think they have a real chance to go out and win the national championship too because they have exactly what you need in college basketball and especially right now in college basketball to succeed in the in the regular season and the tournament. It just they have really good guards and they have a lot of continuity coming back. The the name that you're going to hear about mostly on this team is Tyler Kolick, their point guard. And he was fantastic last year. He's one of the best passers in the country. Uh, I think he's poised for a huge year. But I think some of the reason that people are sleeping on Marquette a little bit, why you can still get them at four to one, why they're maybe viewed as the third best team in this conference is because of the way they went out to Michigan State in the NCAA tournament here. And I view this team and I view this bet very similar to the Purdue bet that I made in the Big Ten where I'm taking Purdue to win that conference. And in that case, I'm taking Purdue as the favorite. But in this case, I'm getting Marquette at 4-1. to one. And Marquette was a team that went 17-3 and three in the league last year. They won the league. They bring back a ton, but they lost in disappointing fashion in the NCAA tournament. And I feel like that memory of that game, a game where Tyler Kolick was actually banged up, he was a little bit hurt, he never seemed right in that game, I think that lingers in people's head. And it is one game. It is one data point. And I don't think it should be used. Yeah, certainly it, it should 
be in your mind. But I think for a lot of people, it's the main thing in their mind when they think about Marquette. Well, they couldn't get over the hump. They couldn't beat them. They don't think about how they beat UConn twice, including in the Big East tournament. They beat UConn in the Big East semifinals. They won the Big East tournament. They beat UConn and Xavier on back-to-back days to win the Big East tournament in Madison Square Garden. They also beat UConn during the regular season, too. Uh, This is a team that was consistent all year long, one of the best offensive teams in the country. They weren't overly reliant on the three-point shot. They were a good three-point shooting team, but not the the greatest three-point shooting team. They took a lot of them, for sure, but it's not like this was a 40% shooting team. three-point shooting team they're a team that yeah they took a lot of threes they made a decent percentage of them but they also are able to get in the lane and create easy buckets and I think that's that's a big part of you know the benefit of having a Tyler Kolick where he is going to create easy buckets for you as a great passer but it's not just Tyler Kolick also they kind of have this three-headed monster at guard of Tyler Kolick Stevie Mitchell and Cam Jones and I think Cam Jones is the other guy that's really a big time scorer on this team and and the the compliment to Tyler Kolick if you look at the almanac which I would encourage everybody to go out if you're a big college basketball fan you should check out the Almanac. It's a, a great season preview put together by the guys at Field of 68. Uh, if you check out the Almanac, they have they have both Kolick. Let's see, they have Kolick listed as the number six player in the country, and they have Cam Jones as the number 82 player in the country. So. Two of their guards, two of the three guards, are top 100 players in the country. And I haven't even gotten to Oso Igadaro, one of their forwards, who is listed as the number 56 player in the country. So they bring back a ton, and they don't just bring back a ton. They bring back a ton of really good players. This is not like Wisconsin, where they Wisconsin brings back all these guys that couldn't make the NCAA tournament last year. They bring back almost everybody. Now, the one guy that they lose is Omax Pro who had to go to the NBA draft. He made that jump to the NBA. You're not going to turn that down. It is a big loss for them, and I do worry about that for them from a defensive perspective. They were definitely a better offensive team than they were a defensive team a season ago. So that's the kind of one watch out there. They also don't have, you know, Igadaro is a big guy, but when you look at some of the other top teams in this league, you look at UConn with Donovan Klingon, you look at Creighton with Ryan Kalkbrenner, they don't have that big man. And that is something you got to worry about a little bit uh, if you look at how they match up with these teams. But they didn't really have it last year either. They didn't have a seven-footer last year either, and it didn't seem to hurt them. So I really like this Marquette team because guards matter. Guards are what win. Guards are, especially in this league, it's always been a guard league. You got to have good guards. They have three of them in Kolick, Jones, and Stevie Mitchell. And I think Tyler Kolick is an all-American caliber player. I really like this team. I like them to win the league. And going. I, I would go and grab that. Caesars bet at four to one to win the league. If I hadn't gotten them at plus four seventy five uh, earlier this off season, so why don't I like UConn here? It's not that I don't like UConn. I think UConn is very good. I think Creighton is very good. Creighton's a team I loved last year. But you look at UConn and 
Look, I'll be the first to admit, last year, I could not get on the right side of UConn, but that's because UConn was a very up-and-down team last year. They started the year 14-0, and then they lose a bunch of games. They're 14-0, and 3-0 in the Big East. A month later, they're 5-6 and six in the league. They're 11 conference games. They're 5-6 and six in the league. They win two of their next eight. And they're five and six in the Big East. Then they really get things together in February and, of course, go on that tear in March. You know, it wasn't the most difficult NCAA tournament draw in the world, but it doesn't matter. They won those six games. They did what they had to do, and they looked great in all of them. They won every single game by double digits. It was a dominant tournament run, and they were a really good team. But my point being, they were inconsistent last year. They were inconsistent throughout the year. And now off that team, they lose NCAA tournament MVP Adama Sanogo. They lose Jordan Hawkins, who was, I thought, a fantastic player at guard. I mean, he was the the most recent in a long line of great UConn guards they lose a ton off that team they lose Andre Jackson off that team that's the third major player they lose off that team and now they did go out and they reloaded they had a great recruiting class they brought in Cam Spencer who I watched a lot in the Big Ten a transfer from Rutgers really good shooter they really did go out and reload but I just don't think and of course they bring back Donovan Klingon too Donovan Klingon can't say enough about him seven-footer who played behind Adama Sonogo, and they were a great one-two combo because Sonogo goes out, Klingon comes right in, and there's like no drop-off basically between the two, Um, and that was huge. So they bring him back, and you can't discount that. They bring back a lot of talent, but they lose a lot, and and I just don't know. Look, it's hard to repeat in college basketball. It's hard to repeat in any sport, but college basketball is a really hard sport to repeat in, and... You, you have guys coming back who were part of that national championship team, but they were not the drivers of that national championship team, I would say. And you're bringing in some talented guys. I, I think they had a very nice offseason, but there's no telling. I think it's a big ask. Let's put it this way. I think it's a big ask to, to expect Cam Spencer and these freshmen to just come in and play the role of the guys that they lost last year and ask uh, and ask Donovan Klingon by himself to fill the role that Adama Sanogo and he kind of filled together a season ago. Now, you know, can somebody else step in and, and kind of play the Adama or the Donovan Klingon role and now uh, Klingon becomes Sanogo? I don't know. I mean, again, that's I just think that's a lot to ask. So as good as they were last year, as good as Klingon is, as, as much as I like Cam Spencer, as much as I like their recruiting class, I just think it's a lot to ask to lose all those guys, come back a year later, win a great conference like the Big East and try to go to another Final Four. That's the kind of expectations they have at UConn, but I just don't feel comfortable betting on them as a favorite to do so. I'd put it this way. If if they were 5-1, to one, if they were 4-1, to one, then I'd be taking a more serious look at UConn here. And you actually can get UConn at, at, on, on Caesars at 4-1 to one right now. So if you're going to play UConn, that's the place to play it at. But... uh that's kind of why that that's why 
I wouldn't play UConn. Like at plus 280, I don't think there's value there when you compare the continuity that Marquette brings back and all the pieces that UConn has to fit together. Now, I want to talk about the third kind of big team uh, in the Big East, uh, those highly rated top 15 teams. That's Creighton. And Creighton is, is the favorite almost everywhere at, at FanDuel. They're tied with Marquette at uh, MGM. They're the favorite. Caesars, they're right behind Marquette. Okay, they're not the favorite almost everywhere. They're the, the favorite a few places, but they're in that group, right? And they, much like UConn, had a very interesting offseason. I think a good offseason where they were so close to going to a Final Four last year, and they get a ton of guys back, but they also kind of unexpectedly lose a few guys. I want to start with who they get back. They get back Trey Alexander at the guard spot. They return Bailey Shireman, uh, a wing guard, and they return their big man Ryan Kalkbrenner, one of the best defenders in college basketball a season ago. But they lose their point guard. Ryan Nemhard goes to Gonzaga. Uh, They lose Arthur Kaluma, transfers to Kansas State. And you just kind of wonder, like, man, it's just so disappointing to have a team that was that close who who has the ability to completely run it back and you have some guys transfer and and decide, you know, not to go for it again. But they did, Greg McDermott did what you got to do in this day and age, which is he went out and he hit the transfer portal and he got Stephen Ashworth from Utah State. And uh, it's a really good addition at the guard spot. But again, you'll lose those guys. If you kind of much like UConn, they, they bring back more than UConn. They do with Alexander Shireman and Kalkbrenner. But losing a point guard, I, I, to me, I feel like in college basketball, losing your point guard, that's the, that's the hardest position to lose, the hardest position to replace. And that's what they have to do. And for that reason, when I look at these rosters and I look at, okay, Creighton loses a point guard. UConn loses all these big pieces. They're trying to replace, but Marquette returns their point guard. They return Tyler Kolick. They have this three-headed monster at guard. They're great offense. They're a guard-heavy offense. I, I just like the fact of what I know there about Marquette, especially at the odds I can get them at when compared to Creighton and UConn. I think I would rank them right now. I would rank them Marquette, Creighton, UConn. That's kind of the order I would go in at the moment. And uh, if you do want to play Marquette, they are plus 300 at DraftKings. That's the best place. Or I'm sorry, if you do want to play Creighton, they are plus 300 at DraftKings. That is the best place to go out and play Creighton if that's a team you want. If you say, look, Ryan Kalkbrenner, when they had him in the lineup, they were a completely different team. I like Steven Ashworth. I think he can just come right in, play a big role. He was really good at Utah State. If you, if you feel that way, then you know what? DraftKings, 3-1, to one, that's where you can play them. And then just looking at the national championship odds for these teams, Creighton, again, it's it's so important to shop because they vary so much, but Creighton, you can get them at 30-1 to one to win the national title, at Caesars, at BetMGM, Marquette, you can go out and uh, get them at 25-1. to one. It's interesting that Marquette has better, has 
better NCAA tournament national championship odds everywhere than Creighton does, despite the fact that there are some places where Creighton has a better Big East title odds than Marquette. That's really interesting. And I think that's that's very much guard-driven, right? It's because what wins in March, it's guards. And that's what Marquette has. So I, I find that very interesting. But if you do want to play Marquette, the best number you can get them at to win the national championship is 25 to 1. You can do that at BetMGM. You can do that at Caesars, Bet Rivers. That's where you can go and do that. And then if you do like UConn to repeat, and I think these these numbers, again, this is wild how low some of these numbers are for UConn to repeat, like 15 to 1 at points bet, I see. 15 to 1 at Bet Rivers. Best number, though, to get UConn, 22 to 1 at FanDuel. So uh, I, I like to look at Vegas. If you go to Vegas Insider, really nice comparison of all the major books out there, all the major uh, U.S.-based books that give you a nice side-by-side comparison, allow you to easily compare and, and decide where what you want to play it at. So I like all three of these teams a lot. I think these all three of these teams have potential to be protected seeds, top four seeds. The one other team I do want to talk about, and I do not view this team as a national title contender. I do view those three teams as national title contenders, I, but I view this team as kind of a long shot to win the Big East, and that's Villanova. Villanova, the most consistent program in the Big East for years and years and years under Jay Wright. Now in Kyle Neptune's second year at the helm. And the big thing for Villanova is that they're going to have a fully healthy Justin Moore this year. That is the biggest thing for them. And I think Justin Moore, I mean, he, he's got to be one of the best players in the country to me. Again, let's go back to the Almanac here. Let's look at the Almanac's top 100. There's a ton of Villanova players on this Almanac Top 100. Justin Moore, they have Justin Moore at number 12, just behind Wade Taylor in Texas A&M, a guy I love, and just ahead of Trey Alexander at Creighton. So Justin Moore, fully healthy this season. That's huge. And then Villanova went out, and they hit the transfer portal hard. They get TJ Bomba from Washington State. They get Hakeem Hart from Maryland, a guy I am very, very familiar with. Uh, Hart, not the greatest shooter. But he can get to the bucket at times, and he's a really good defender. You can put him, you, he's really versatile as a defender. Um, he's a big guy. He's long, 6'8-ish, six, yeah, I think he's listed at 6'8", 6'8", 6'9". And uh, he's a guy you can really rely on defensively, a kind of a do-it-all guy. So uh, I think this is an interesting team. Again, we're going to go back to that. Almanac top 100 list, top 100 players in the country, and they have uh, four different Villanova players on their top 100 players in the country. Justin Moore, Eric Dixon, Tyler Burton, and TJ Bamba. Four of the top 100 players in the country. And because of that, I do think Villanova is worth taking a shot at at 10-1 to 1 to win the Big East. So I put a, I put a full unit on Marquette when I got them at plus 475. I'm putting a half unit on Villanova at 10 to 1 at Caesar Sportsbook to go win 
the Big East. I'm so excited to watch this league this year. I think it has it all. I think it has national championship contenders. I think it has a lot of NCAA tournament teams. And it has, like we talked about in the beginning, those teams on the rise with some big name coaches who are really trying to elevate the level of these programs and make this a top to bottom great league. I can't wait to watch it this year. It's going to be fun. That's our show for today. Until next time, keep the girl hot and the cooler cold.